with the fifth edition. Join our various gaming groups as we play the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. And maybe just hang out and chat about gaming in general. Sit back and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Kelly, a.k.a. Trixie from Ragnarok and Roll, a sign to Ragnarok story, and Tilda Wimblewick from D&D Journey of the 5th Edition. First off, I would just like to say thank you to everyone for listening to our varied adventures, as well as for rating us on iTunes and RPGpodcast.com. If you haven't rated us yet, we would greatly appreciate it if you could. And if you're looking for more ways to support our efforts, we are now on Patreon, a great site where you can help us continue making more podcasts, as well as some special surprises for our patrons. If you can, please look us up at www.patreon.com cppn. Every little bit helps. And again, thank you for listening. Hey guys, Jim here with Creative Play and Podcast Network, and Kelly? I guess, and also with us is Scott! Hey! Hey guys, so it is the sixth day of the Hashtag RPG Day 2022, where we talk about role-playing games in a positive light. Notice I emphasize positive light to help promote and inspire the thing that we love, which is freaking tabletop gaming, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So for day six, it kind of builds up from, from the first couple days of how would you get more people playing RPGs? Anybody want to go first? I will go first because I think I'm going to say something heretical. <laughs> I, would, I, would, I would not start them off on D&D. No, D&D, this is going. No. D&D is a great system. However, it has 50 years of history behind it. True. Mm-hmm. What I would do is I would take, I would find out their favorite genre, <laughs> be it, um, you know, um, medieval or space or something like that. And then I would do a real quickie, real easy RPG uh, maybe a GURPS, because that's easy to learn and easy to play. Mm-hmm. Maybe even something as simple as um, the old melee and magic system. Ooh. Um, and Or possibly one of the um, group combination games, depending upon how old and... Um, um, and recognize they have mm-hmm. because um, the joke. Well, there was there's a joke about Pathfinder that says that the difference between Pathfinder and the game is that every hundred yards you have to roll to see if you trip over your own shoelaces. <laughs> it's so and there's true. also a lot of things I like about Pathfinder. But again, that's got a lot of mechanics on it. So the first thing I want to do with anybody who's really young or really new to RPG is 
not get hung up on the mechanics is say, okay, this is the type of um, this is the type of story you like. You know, this is who you want to be in it. Let's go. As a matter of fact, there is a um, I think it's Instagram reel that I really like called Thirty Second Dungeon. Thirty Second Dungeon. Thirty Second Dungeon. It starts with this guy basically in these wizard robes, and this person comes on and they say, "Okay, you're in this generic scenario. What do you do? Roll." And then they roll a d20, and basically he makes it up from there. That's pretty awesome. Yes. Trial by fire, though. But it does introduce the whole idea of, um, so to get people interested, you do quick fire scenarios that uh, would hopefully inspire their imagination, and then you can work from there to see if that's something that they like, and if so, where do they want to go from there? Absolutely. Start them off with that. You know, part of the, part of the reason why I do that is that, oh gosh, little ones, come come listen to me as I tell the tale of <laughs> ages and ages ago. Almost every RPG that's derived and uses a lot of dice is derived from a whole bunch of old men doing military scenarios. Mm-hmm. And then they said, hey, instead of pretending that we're armies, why don't we pretend that we're those little guys doing little things and having lots of fun? So they were going for as much realism as possible. Now, you know, if you've been doing it for a while and you're interested in real realism, that's great, but that's not what you want to do to introduce somebody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's, that, that's my spiel. Yeah, no, that's true, because it, it teaches them the R-O-L-E in roleplay, not the R-O-L-L, which too many people fixate on. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. it doesn't scare them with the rules, because like, you know, like you, you hit it on the head there with Pathfinder... It's a very crunchy, rules-heavy system. Yes. Yeah, I'm sorry. I don't want to have to write a dissertation to play a game. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Pathfinder isn't that bad. If you want to do that, um, do... Okay, just read a dissertation. (laughs) Um, If you wanted to do that, do Pendragon. Oh, (laughs) you need the reference library for that. Not only do you need a reference library, but it is possible for you to play a wizard in Pendragon. <laughs> However, it will take you 45 minutes to cast a spell. It will probably kill you to cast that spell. And if you're lucky, you can spook a horse. Because <laughs> at least that way you accomplish something. Yeah. <laughs> Although my personal opinion is that a wizard blowing up, if you're near the horse, the horse will spook anyway. <laughs> you just wave your arms frantically a lot of horses will spook well no no magic because <laughs> magic's like static electricity it's gonna spook them 
Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, think about it. You'd have to train in a fantasy setting horses to be around casters like they did for cavalry with gunfire and horses, you know. Yeah. That's yeah, good point. Because you are warping the fundamental forces of nature. Horses are very sensitive to pretty much nature itself. Heck, they can pick up on people's moods just by listening and feeling them. Yeah, that's true. And they naturally speak. Mm -hmm. Unlike dogs. Yes, the horses definitely have that strong sense of flight instead of fight. But when they decide to turn and fight, oh, you're in trouble. (laughs) Especially if it's a very big horse. (laughs) It's like there's not really, you know, too much competition. It's going (laughs) to... I don't know. I mean, horses and mountain lions. Oof. (laughs) So, uh, Kelly, how would you get people into playing RPGs? Well, um, first off... I can answer that one for her. Smile. (laughs) Smile. (laughs) Well, actually... Just ask them and smile and they'll do it. No, no. This is true. I've seen her do that before. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, actually, we do pick up a lot of, you know, I don't want to say strays, but like when you're gaming and one of the best way to get some people interested is just to show them have a group play it in public, ideally in a, you know, in a game store or that type of thing. Cause you know, so it's not, you I mean, heck, but it could be even, you know, at a restaurant or at a, you know, mm-hmm. a bar, you know, depending. I mean, as long as you can hear what's going on and see what's going on, because, you know, light's important. You got to be able to see the dice and stuff. Um, but when you do that, people are like, hey, what's going on? And then at that point, when they show interest, Okay, after seeing it, because, of course, they're like, what is this? This is Mm -hmm. interesting. Don't be grumpy or hide what you're doing or or she's like, say, yeah, go ahead. Come on, watch. You know, um, if you've got a question, just ask, you know, Um, don't exclude them, even though they're not technically part of the party. Um, I know some players, it's like, no, I got to focus. It was like, want to, you know, then, you know, that's a private home kind of thing. You just, you know, where it's like, oh, got to stay on track. Mm-hmm. Stay, stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> um, and that's fine, too. Uh, especially because, like, sometimes if the game gets a little, uh, you know, digresses too much, then it's like, okay, it's like hurting cats. Um, (laughs) but when you, and when you're approachable, that's when people are going to go, oh, well, you know what? This actually seems kind of cool. And when I have, or when we've had people, it's like, you know, I have a friend who is kind of interested. Would you be willing to do a, like a one shot, an introductory and the answer should be yes, of course, we can set something up. Let's do something, you know, with a small group um, focused on the whole introducing it. Mm-hmm. Um, slowly bring them in, you know, 
show them how to build a character regardless of the system, you know, and from there and like, if you have different perspectives, it's like, well, I like to do this kind of character and this is how I do my backgrounds. I really think about this, but you know what? You don't have to. You can write up a 12 page essay on <laughs> why your character does what, you know, their, their history in the background, but then you don't have to either. And each way is valid. So you get some, if this person is a natural writer or they love to create stories on their own, mm-hmm. then yeah, oh, you can write this whole background and you can use that background in how you portray your character, you know, and you can role play it as much as you want or you can start off slow and, and just focus on the R-O-L-L, um, but work within the group. So if you create a safe space and an inviting space, mm-hmm. then I think um, it will create an environment that's better for new people to, you know, take their first steps. Yep. I, I totally agree with both you guys. I mean, like for me, it, it's it seems simple for the how would you get more people playing RPGs. One, tell people about RPGs. To mm-hmm. empower them to play by hosting games or having them invited to watch a game. Because you can totally make a one-shot character for them to watch a not hardcore game. Because some hardcore groups really don't like the uh, the violation of the circle, you know, so to speak. And mm-hmm. it's not that they don't want someone there. They don't want someone interrupting the flow. Because a lot of folks, exactly. when they totally get in that theater major mindset, the flow is fragile, you know. It, but that type of flow, I think, works more for like a uh, a, a game in a home, mm-hmm. you know, or in a in a closed setting, mm-hmm. you know, where it's private because then you don't get the same interruptions. But if you're gaming in a public space, you have to expect a certain amount of looky loos and maybe questions. Mm-hmm. There's and, a lot more. There's a lot more podcasts and um, broadcasts of people who game now. Um, I actually don't watch a lot of them, but do you guys have any favorites other than, of course, the <laughs> uh, one of of the ones I enjoy because it's very tongue in cheek and very loose is Dungeons and Daddies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pretty much, you know, like like half. Half of the usual group actually listens to that one. So that one's a fun one. So is Dungeons and Randomness. Dungeons and Randomness. Now, what's interesting about Dungeons and Randomness is they're very, it's like a story. It is, they they stick to the story for the most part. They Mm -hmm. have other things that they do um, for more community type things. But when they're doing their story, it's you are in, I mean, you have to audition when they have spots available, you audition for it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, so they're trying to take the gaming up to more of a cinematic level and they succeed. Yep. Once they start on the episodes, they are in character for pretty much mm-hmm. the entire episode. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's one immersive. Of those, it's one of those podcasts where you do have to write a 12 page backstory for your character. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of thing but not like in a bad way it's um and and the people who audition and are selected you know they they create this world together that's just you know very dynamic 
And of course, I will throw it out there of don't be afraid of the quote-unquote Matt Mercer effect, which is adorable when it's called that. You know, that <laughs> my games aren't as good as these ones I see online. Guys, as long as you're having fun, you've succeeded. That's the win. Mm-hmm. You know, don't think RPG has a right way or a wrong way. The only thing you have to worry about is scheduling conflicts, showing up, and having fun together. Because mm-hmm. there's always going to be those folks saying, your fun isn't fun enough. You're not doing it right. Oh. You and- know, I just... Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. It's funny. Like, I I just thought of another way to get some people interested in in gaming is name dropping. Oh, yeah. Sharing. Because think about it. Like, you know, Vin Diesel plays Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. (laughs) And then they'd be like, what? No, it's true. (laughs) And it really is. Do you ever see a picture of that cake his wife had made for him? Mm-hmm. Of the of the D and D books and stuff. Oh my God, that cake was amazing. Yep, it was basically the three core three point five D and D books stacked together: the player's handbook, GM's guide, and monster manual. It was beautiful. I mean, and it doesn't face the same stigma that it did when we were young. I mean, come on, sixty minutes did D and D no favors, <laughs> and it was completely bullpucky. You know, their whole, you know, expose on Dungeons and Dragons and Satan. Oh, please. <laughs> Obviously, none of you people have played this game or actually looked at, you know, it's like where they pulled that nonsense from. Um, oh, just because the book has devils in it. It also has gods. It has divine magic. It's got bless as well as curse. It's, you know, it's like this two heads you gotta have both you know it's Mm -hmm. but um uh the same stigma doesn't apply nowadays it's much more um acceptable because you have school kids reading harry potter and things like that Mm -hmm. dresden files so it's not as stigmatized as it used to be well i mean come on we had like you know there was the codon books and they had all sorts of other you know i mean and plus you know the uh the dragon book, Dragonlands books, and all that mm-hmm. type of stuff, but it was oh, you're one of those kids, you know, and it's mm-hmm. like oh, you're one of the, you know. So, but nowadays it's it's much more, I guess I I, I want to say more integrated into pop culture. Well, I think we but can all see. Stranger Things. Yeah. Though I'm sorry, that's not a demogorgon. No, 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 no. They play. I know, but <laughs> just it was one of those little things. It's like that's not yeah. a demogorgon, you know. <laughs> I mean, and they tried. I mean, come on, that horrible cartoon that they. Oh, that was the <laughs> I'm best. Sorry. It had yes. So, and I think also with the new movie coming out um, uh, early next year. Um, is going to engender even more interest in, like, specifically Dungeons and Dragons. Mm-hmm. There will be a whole slew of Hasbro toys coming out. Yeah, which will be fun. <laughs> and, uh, by the way, speaking of podcasts, I will totally throw out Order 66 podcast. is a great Star Wars podcast. Just saying. Another good one out there. They have a few real plays, but it's mostly RPG-related about the, the Star Wars RPG game. And I, I pretty much, in my, for my closing, will totally have to throw out there 
you know, something Madame Askew says, but for the RPGs out there, be a good ambassador to RPGs, you know. Yes. Be a good person, share RPGs, offer to teach people. You know, if you're a player, you don't have to be a GM to teach people. If you're a player, be willing to sidekick with somebody and help walk them through the hard rules or where they need to go. You know, don't tell Mm -hmm. them what to do, but help them figure out how to do it themselves. Offer guidance. Mm-hmm. And even experienced players like tips and stuff. So don't be afraid to use that. And of course, play in different groups and different RPGs because you pick up things that you bring back to your game table all the time. Yeah, like the X card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, X card is a good safety yeah. safety. Pick measure. that up from a different um, gaming system, but mm-hmm. that's a good, you know, yep. practice. That way you have that safety net that if you get flummoxed or anything, you can just touch the X card and you skip. Or if something is is going into an uncomfortable area or Mm -hmm. something triggering, you can throw down the X card. No questions asked. Yep. Uh, uh, We change course. Mm -hmm. That way, especially if you're playing with new players that you're not, you know, savvy with, you don't know when you're touching on a touchy subject that they're going to, you know, pull, pull away from the game. So Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they know they have the safety net of just pointing at the X card. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if the group's game thing is diverging and everyone's getting distracted, you just walk up and point at the X card until they all realize what you're doing and then you get back on track. So be a good ambassador to RPGs. Anything you guys got for closing? No, no one. I think pretty much. Uh, I, I, I think that was. I think that was really well put. Because, damn it, we need more people in RPGs because you can never have enough gaming groups. <laughs> My God, I have too many gaming groups. Yeah, it's the your problem is uh, I have no, you know, fitting them into your schedule. <laughs> Everybody's like, let me know when there's an opening, and I'm like, well, if you've Find one of my players on a dark alley with a stick. I mean. No! <laughs> Remember, positive. Do you, ever, do you ever get a chance to play? Uh, there is one bi-weekly Monday game that happens like once every two or three bi-weekly Mondays. But I actually get to play a Star Wars murder bot. His whole job ah. is he's good at seeing things and shooting things. Oh my god, I love playing a murder bot. <laughs> and he's basically a old Republic security droid who's really good at killing people, and I absolutely terrified my team because we were forced to go through a security checkpoint, so I had to leave all my big guns behind. And my buddy in the team who's playing the medical droid, who's also the mechanic, he's, he's weird multi-class, gives me his holdout pistol. He has this teeny tiny holdout pistol. And I uh, showed the group how a murder bot with a teeny tiny holdout pistol, like a Derringer, but a blaster, basically can go about executing evil Sith when he needs to with a holdout pistol. Uh, <laughs> you and I have to talk after this because I've been trying to get my murder bot a blaster. I would like to discuss this further. <laughs> well, remember the conversation on Tuesday we had with uh, Gunter and True Aim? My mm-hmm. guy's got two ranks of true aim. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to to locate that. <laughs> so anytime I aim with a weapon, I get a blue dice and two upgrades to my attack roll. Ooh. Yeah. 
Yeah, let's just say I gave the one two to two Sith troopers and a Sith commando, and they went down in one salvo. The GM was not expecting that much damage output from my guy, because <laughs> I rolled three triumphs. <gasps> oh, yeah. It was just me coming out after taking a nice heavy-duty shot, because he's really a glass cannon. And I executed the troopers and executed their commander and then looked down at my colleagues and explained to them how I am more efficient than them when it comes to executing blaster fire. Because <laughs> that's, that's usually my guy's shtick. Thankfully, he has sentience now because his maker gave it to him. And I constantly give the Padawan Jedi with us crap because she lets the Republic turn me off and try to mess with my programming one. Oh, no. Yes. But back then I was programmed to be loyal to her. Now I'm not. So it's okay for me to give her crap. <laughs> and I thought my murder bot was twitchy. Now he's just lippy. <laughs> of course, the next mission we're going on, I've already told them to disassemble me, put me in luggage, and smuggle me on the ship. Oh, that's intriguing. We're trying to get on a cruise ship, and we only have a certain number of tickets. And we're basically doing the Willy Wonka thing of getting golden tickets before the ship leaves. And my, my vote is, I'm just droid parts. Disassemble me and put me in a briefcase and send me well, out. If you actually serve it, you count as a ticket, you luggage. I, in my game setting, I would say you're a, a droid sidekick, so you don't need a ticket. But apparently in this, uh, this cruise line, they do require droids to have their own tickets. Ah. And in the adventure, we lost our tickets due to some shenanigans. Shenanigans! <laughs> I'm a big fan of shenanigans. So definitely get more people playing RPGs by just being open to having new people join RPGs. Mm-hmm. Alrighty, guys. I will say that's a good place to wrap it up there. We totally have to do our D&D 30-day challenge. And I got a game tonight to get to. Huh, Scott? Yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to D&D Journey of the 5th Edition, a member of the Creative Play and Podcast Network. Please follow us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cppn to never miss a show or stream.